Afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining me, Lou. Hey, great to be here. And we've got you off the cell phone this week. Oh, my goodness. With, with air conditioning? <laughs> hey, what's up, Kevin? Afternoon, Donald and Tyler. Brian and Cody, thanks for joining us here on Layton's Loft. I'm your host, Layton, with my sidekick, Lou. And we'll be talking about a variety of issues today. Everything from grading companies and the backlog to yep. the baseball potential season being lost. And then maybe some moments with Moon. We'll be re, uh, rehashing uh, some of the experience that we had with Warren Moon last week at Vintage Breaks. And then talking about a wonderful collection that my other company, Just Collect, recently purchased. Once again, unbelievably found in the attic. And you can find out all the details about that particular story and more on our blog at justcollect.com slash blog. Hey, what's up, Chef? Thanks for joining us. What's up, Bernie? That looked huge, that big find there, huh? Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, you know, it's been as, uh, you know, obviously challenging Lou and the gang who is both watching it live and who's going to eventually listen to this. Um, COVID has presented uh, opportunities, both in the breaking world as people have been home and really uh, consuming more content than ever. But um, frankly, on the Just Collect side of things, the idea of hitting the road, being a treasure hunter, going into someone's home that I don't know or that our VP, Scott Allpud, doesn't know at this point, mm -hmm. is kind of on hold at the moment. So that kind of presented its challenges with this particular collection and others over the last few months. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, and we've got, you know, the grading and authentication is so backed up right now. Uh, very much so. Um, which we'll be talking about, of course, on today's show. Yep. So I wanted to welcome a few others. Hey, what's up, Jim, Antonio, Stephen, and gang? Thanks for joining us here once again on Layton's Loft. Let's Donald start with Kevin, and we want to make sure everybody migrates over to the Layton's Loft page. If you haven't, you're going to find out in a little bit why, but if you haven't liked the Layton's Loft yet, go over and like it. Make sure you're on our like list, on our friends list. Absolutely. So speaking of that, Lou, great segue into talking about Warren Moon and his appearance with myself and Darren Avell last week uh, on the Vintage Breaks platform, opening up a handful of 1985 Topps football packs. Warren actually just missed uh, the pulling of his rookie card, I believe, in the uh, pack following the, the first three that we opened with him. But what mm -hmm. I have right here, for those that are not able to see it, what I'm holding in my hand is a gorgeous 1985 Topps Warren Moon rookie card graded by PSA, on a scale of one to 10, it's graded a nine. And so um, this beauty is probably worth about 150 bucks and we're gonna give it away for free. But the only way to qualify is if you like Layton's Loft Facebook page and we'll be giving it away next week live on our show. So yeah. all you have to do to qualify is to like Layton's Loft Facebook page and we'll give this a beauty away next week live on the show to one of you folks. So you have to like the page. If you've liked the page already, Layton's Loft page on Facebook, you're in, you're qualified, uh, you have a shot at that card. If you haven't liked Layton's Loft yet, please go over and give us a like. Hey, thanks for saying that, Troy. I appreciate it. What's up, Nick? What's going on, Ernie? Um, so, Lou, let's start off with, you know, on a broader scale, instead of baseball cards, let's start off with baseball. And yep. I know someone just um, mentioned something in the chat not sure exactly which platform, whether it be Just Collect or Layton's Loft or Vintage Breaks. Yep. You can enjoy our show on any of those platforms at the moment. And, uh, Lou, we were talking about it a little bit before the show today. What's the likelihood? Forget about how many games. Do we think of this chance that Major League Baseball has a chance to salvage the season of any kind? Yeah, in fact, I go the other way. I think, I think it's almost certain that there's going to be a baseball season this year even more so there's been movement in the last hour hour and a half actually uh, i've been out of the stream a little bit for a half an hour or so getting set up for the show here but major league baseball put a proposal to the players union today that has uh, full prorated salaries for x amount of games the games all this is rumor all this stuff is leaked out but it's full prorated salaries for x amount of games and expanded postseason with 16 teams and uh, that postseason would be expanded to 16 teams in 2021, too, according to the reports coming oh, wow. out. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, the players reportedly, and again, these are our reports. No one knows. There was just an exchange from the uh, Major League Baseball to the union uh, an hour, maybe two ago. 
and uh, reports are that baseball players would waive their grievance, their right to have a grievance against Major League Baseball based on the schedule that, that Major League Baseball is going to put up. And it, it's really interesting because the game that the union has been playing, and I don't mean that to put the load on the union or, or the owners, it's been kind of shared in, in my mind. But the players a couple of days ago basically got to a tell us where in one stance, which basically said, we're through negotiating. You have the right to impose this on us. Go ahead and impose it. And I think their plan was that Major League Baseball was going to put 50 plus games on the table, 50, 52, 54, somewhere in there. And then the players would uh, file a grievance against Major League Baseball because of the March agreement that said Major League Baseball was going to try everything they can to play as many games as possible. Sure. Yeah. So this agreement would waive their ability for a grievance, according to reports. There'd be X amount of games, full prorated salary, and expanded playoffs. The union says there was a, a very terse tweet from the union that says deals of a, a, rumors of a deal are false. Doesn't mean it's not close. Doesn't mean they're not negotiating. But right now, and and again, as far as I understand, the offer is only an hour or two old, actually. So it, Major League Baseball is going to play, even if the commissioner has to enforce and impose a 50-game schedule. I, they're haggling over 10 or 15 games here. I don't understand you know, why it's come down to this, honestly. Just money is my guess, but I'm really uh, I'm wonderfully surprised to hear the turn of events because I know earlier this week, yeah. talked to a number of people you know, in and out of, of not just the hobby, but the sports world, we're very doubtful about the ability for Major League Baseball to pull off any prorated season. Right. So the, to, hear, to hear this is great. The, le the least discouraging, the most discouraging part of it was hearing the rumors, I believe it was yesterday, the day before, that somewhere between six and eight owners were very comfortable with not having a season. And well, that, that, is, that is very yeah. disappointing, but hopefully they're going to be in the minority. Um, and uh, there will be baseball which I know that as a fan of the game, as a fan of playing it with my five-year-old Crosby, as a lover of baseball cards, uh, just, you know, I just want to see baseball. I don't really they, care about who's right or wrong. They blew the chance, though. They really oh, they did. definitely did. They blew the July 4th thing. For me, the July 4th thing was huge. A full slate of baseball games on July 4th would have been so huge for the sport. And, you know, not to overplay it, but huge for the country. I think it would have been very important. Right now, we're looking at a mid-July start, 15th. 17th somewhere in there that sure. only gives them a week or two before theoretically the nba comes up although the nba owners and players are having their issues with that as well and the nhl wouldn't be too far behind so baseball lost a chance for a full month of center stage with absolutely nothing else going on except nascar and like i said there's the symbolism of july 4th i would like to see i i think it was vitally important to get baseball out on july 4th but if they get july uh, baseball out on july 17th i think everyone will forget that Yep, I think so, too. Wanted to welcome Brian, Chris, the rest of the gang that's specifically on Leighton's Loft Facebook page, which, by the way, folks, if you do want to have a chance to win a 1985 Topps Warren Moon rookie graded PSA 9, shown right here, for those of you that are live with us and can see, we're going to give this away next week live from the Loft. Only way to win is to like Leighton's Loft Facebook page. Thanks again for joining us. So at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a special guest and we tried last week, but uh, this week, I believe, we're going to have a smoother experience for Chris. Um, so we'll be talking about how he found us, um, what he won, and how he plans to spend his money uh, with Just Collect that he won for Vintage Breaks. Um, special shout-out to StockX, uh, to Yasir, and Josh, and Jason, who helped put together a nice little cross-promotion between Vintage Breaks and StockX, uh, culminating in the ability for us to give away a few different $50 credits to the StockX website. Um, I thought that was very gracious yeah. to do that. Yep. Um, and then um, as we are uh, going to be approaching the top of the hour, I'd like to talk about grading, but kind of a nice segue to that, Lou. Let's pick someone out on the Leighton's Loft page. I want to give away this 2020 Bowman. I guess we call it a cello pack. There's uh, two basic um, regular packs, and then you have a chance of some camo, camouflage uh, inserts. And so before I open this, I was about to. I was very excited. Let's give this away to someone on the page. I wish we had a random way to do that. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, on our Facebook page, but happy to give it away uh, nonetheless. Uh, Todd Kapora just agreed with me, so he gets the pack. There you go. And yep. Todd is a uh, fan That's of the show. Um, so, Todd, thanks again for all of your support. Uh, we're going to um, open this for you right now and just making a note here that we're going to send this out to you. 
So for those of you that are not familiar with 2020 Bowman, you're looking for a bunch of prospects, but the big hit, you know, the big possible pull is Jason Dominguez rookie cards from the New York Yankees. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you paid attention to the market, Lou. I'm not, I know you're not a modern collector uh, like some of the uh, BB community, um, but some of his autographed cards that are potential in this product are going for thousands of dollars. Really? Yep. There we go. So we got a little Wander Franco. It's not his rookie, but I know you know your baseball, Lou. Wander Franco is a highly touted prospect. Yes. Not just for Tampa Bay, but in all of baseball. He might be the top prospect in baseball right yep. now. Yep. Now, it's not his rookie. Um, it's just like a second or third year Chrome card. Got a nice uh, insert of talent pipeline uh, from the Miami uh, Marlins. Um, but no Jason Dominguez in pack one. We'll see what we got here in pack two. Yeah, Ken, he may have been a brown nose, but it was inadvertent. He didn't know he was getting anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out over the uh, the coming weeks. Oh, look at that. A little Jason Dominguez love. Now, it's only a base. Nice. But still, that's fantastic, especially for a freebie. Very nice hit, Todd. So what goes into, what are the factors going into that commanding, that kind of return? So uh, great question, Lou. And for those listening to the podcast, um, and I'll look it up for you right now uh, on eBay. But, you know, a PSA 10 of that, although there may not be that many around, let's say it's going to go for a few hundred dollars, people yep. are paying for potential. So it seems these days, um, gang, that in baseball especially, folks are looking for that next Mike Trout. And not to say that Jason Dominguez is going to be Mike Trout, because that's obviously a huge stretch considering the kid's not even 18 years old. But um, just the fact that he's on the New York Yankees, that he's, I think, like 6'6", and he's a monster yep. of, a, of a physical specimen, and that you know he might be a guy who could bash 50 home runs a year for the New York Yankees, a lot of people are excited about. Oh, this kid's a good prospect. We just got in the camo cards. We just got a Robert Passon. Am I saying it right? I feel like you know who he is. The the um the prospect for the athletics. Yes. Yeah. Did he, say his last name, Lou. I, I believe you're right. I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, he's got a ways to go, but yeah, he's got a good skill set. That's pretty cool. That is pretty nice. Doug put up. It was 5'11", 185 at 17 years old. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so while we have a few minutes here, Lou, one of the topics that we've covered uh, briefly on our Vintage Break show, and for those of you that are not familiar with Vintage Breaks, um, you know, we open up old packs and modern packs of cards for people where you can just sit back and enjoy them and watch them on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash vintagebreaks. Or you can buy into our breaks on our website at vintagebreaks.com. We uh, just came out with, um, on Monday of this week, our brand new website, um, brand new breaking dashboard, lots of other wonderful features um, on our new website. So hopefully everyone is you know, enjoying that, learning how to use it. Um, and uh, we're doing the same thing here on management side uh, of trying to figure out the site. But really, um, big shout out to uh, Jam Graphics and John Tedesco and his team that are making our new uh, website possible. Um, so we've talked about this a little bit on the Vintage Break Show, uh, gang. The whole you know, idea of what's going on in the collecting industry, uh, folks that collect cards, um, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, maybe for the first time, re-entering the hobby um, after a number of years of being out of it for one reason or another, um, the three major uh, grading companies are PSA, SGC, and Beckett. Mm -hmm. And no matter which company it is at the moment, um, they uh, are backed up. And they're backed up literally at every level, meaning even if you pay to have your cards expedited, they're still backed up. Yep. Um, they're backed up, uh, let's be honest, they're backed up because there's a lot of business. Mm -hmm. They're backed up because they were closed for COVID. And in many cases, depending on the particular company, they're actually still operating with a skeleton crew. So um, we appreciate all the hard work that the grading companies are doing, but I wanted to both provide some uh, context and perspective about what I thought was going on um, with uh, the grading companies as they stand. I mean, they're all backed up. They're not trying to hide from it. In fact, I think I just got an email from PSA almost reminding me, Lou, as a dealer, hey, this is how you have to submit your cards to us. Right. Um, one, 
Two, we're really backed up in case you haven't heard, which <laughs> I actually appreciate yep. because at least they're trying to own it and understanding that, you know, there's this, there's this chat going on um, in the hobby and they want to, you know, hopefully at least address it the best they can. Yep. Um, so what I wanted to talk about in regards to, uh, wish you, wish you luck with, uh, with that, with the answers and such. Um, what I want to talk about in regards to the grading companies is, you know, this idea, which in my own mind started off as silly. Um, but now that I think about it even more, um, Lou, it's really coming from this idea is coming from the, uh, the belief that our hobby and our industry is going to continue to grow. Yeah. So what I mean is it's not just sports cards, it's Pokemon. It's soccer is becoming really, really prevalent. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just bought a soccer box, another box for uh, vintage breaks. <laughs> yeah. You can get an Mbappe rookie. I mean, that kid's unbelievable. And I'm not a big soccer fan, but my point is, is that the card market is changing right before our eyes. And I think it's growing and knock on wood, it, it continues its growth. And so, um, it's very obvious to me that even if you work some extra hours with the existing staff you have, and I'm sure the grading companies recognize this, they're going to have to scale up. And the way that they're going to help their scale is by hiring more. Yeah. The problem is what I've heard, and it makes sense, there's not a ton of graders to be had right. because generally, right, one, if you know how to grade cards, you probably work for yourself, um, meaning you know buying and selling cards. Two, they don't teach it in school. Um, and then three, for whatever it's worth, the respective grading companies actually have different standards. So even though I know how to grade cards, I do know for a fact that BGS grades their cards differently than PSA does. I'm not saying who's right or wrong. It's just a fact. Yeah, I, that was the thing that struck me about this whole problem right now is the bottleneck is um, getting graders uh getting graders online because it's a very particular skill, isn't it? And, you know, yes. you, you just can't take a guy off the street and turn him into a grader. No. So that is actually, I'm taking a snapshot here to get some, and this is how I'm always working, Lou. As an entrepreneur, uh, you know, this is just how it is. So I took a screenshot of some of the feedback um, about our new website so that I can look at it afterwards and talk to our developers. Yeah. Um, so uh, in regards to the grading companies, Lou, you nailed it. The problem is they don't have a talent pool. So let's talk about Major League Baseball. When they need talent, they go to the minor leagues and they go to their respective right. organizations. So in regards to PSA, I believe, I don't want to call it a minor league system. I believe that PSA, right, they're the biggest. So let's just talk about them. Um, I think that uh, if I was in their shoes um, as part of management or a big stockholder and had the ability to sway what they were doing, um, I would uh, propose to start some sort of, you know, 18-month, 24-month training program, um, maybe even like a two-year school, if you will, yeah. that, that I sponsor and obviously try to get other sponsors locally in California um, to do. But then maybe if it really goes well, you can open up a location for that in New Jersey and you can actually start to, uh, thinking about envisioning having satellite offices. Right. So if PSA never wants to have a satellite office, I don't want to argue that they should or shouldn't um, because I personally feel like that they should. Let's just say they, they argue that it's too difficult. Great. So then if that's the case, point is you, you're going to need for a long time more graders in the pipeline. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting to make it a full-time gig, but maybe you do it three nights a week for four hours a night. And then in 18 months or 24 months, you're quote unquote certified. And that's level A. Right. Right. And then if you want level B, there's another. And so I just think that if you want to consider that they need more than just a handful of graders, that's the approach that I would take. Would you offer that as a graded service? In other words, you know, you can get a grade B, grant, that probably wouldn't be the way you go about it, but an apprentice grader can go through there and probably get a little quicker. If it's a more valuable card, you can go and, you know, wait the extra time and get it in front of a, an experienced grader. Sure. So it's a great uh, point. I think that they're ultimately doing that anyway in the form of modern versus vintage. So in other words, Lou, if they have a card produced in 2020, and the most it's worth in PSA 10 is 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. PSA is very well aware of, of what their risk is. So my point is I already believe that the, yeah. the, the, the more inexperienced grader is already doing that. Right. So I was just suggesting that if you wanted, for example, to forge a career in grading and become someone who can grade those really expensive cards, 
that PSA actually have different levels in this, I don't know, you want to call it school, vocational trade program. But once again, level A or, or certificate A is the first 18 months. And then how do you, you know, get B? You actually have to work for PSA for six months. Yeah. You, know, you learn their business. So that's, that's what I would do. I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you answer, you know, the answer to this question, but the question that comes up for me is why aren't there, if there's such a demand for graders in the industry, why aren't there people clamoring to become graders? What is the life of a grader like? I mean, is, is it a lot of conflict? Is the pay not great? Because you're really dealing with some high-end stuff here. Graders, experienced graders, good graders are dealing with very valuable items. Uh, yes, they are. Um, so give me one second here. I'm just going to text the office something. If you, again, if you are watching on YouTube or one of the Vintage Breaks PSA, uh, Vintage Breaks uh, pages, Facebook pages, come over to the Layton's Life page and make sure you like us. We've got a Warren Moon card that we're going to be giving away next week, and it's going to be given out to somebody who is a like of the Layton's Life page. Obviously, this is new for us. We're trying to get people over and trying to get people familiar with us and uh, know where to find us every Wednesday at 430 Eastern here on the Layton's Life page and participating. We'd love to have you guys along. So if you haven't found the Layton's Loft page yet, please go over and like us, and then we'll pick somebody from our likes next week, and they're going to get that Warren Moon card. Yep. No, thanks for um, you know mentioning that. Uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to do that. And then also today, um, I thought it would be really fun to give away a $50 break credit to VintageBreaks.com and to commemorate our new website and all of the effort. What's amazing, Lou, we didn't produce the website and get it ready internally we worked with jam graphics we worked with our community um and we did so um you know over an extended period of time and even still listen there's going to be bumps and bruises in the road mm -hmm. that's what happens when you're in business so um you know we're thrilled with the new site uh hopefully you are as well and then folks if anyone out there has anything in particular that um you feel like maybe we've missed a point um please drop me an email you can hit me up directly layton at justcollect.com putting that in the chat as well I'm not sure what Tyler's going for here. How prevalent is the notion that individuals are taking PSA numbers from eBay listings and falsifying resales? I'm sorry, say that one more time. I'm looking at another question I'll answer for Harry. But go ahead, How prevalent is the notion that individuals are taking PSA numbers from eBay listings and falsifying resales? Oh, sure. So it's interesting. My buddy Darren Ravel just covered that very topic on Twitter. Um, and listen, in any business, whether it be you're in baseball cards or you are going out to buy a new couch, um, or a new automobile, buyer beware. And what I mean is be careful. So if you're seeing, for example, and I, and I see, and listen, there's some lovely companies out there that are producing uh, great content, like Sports Card Investor and um, Slab Stocks. Um, these are folks that talk about the trends gang in cards. And, you know, they'll mention, hey, in seven days, uh, said card went up 87%. And I'm not saying I laugh at that. I more take that knowledge. And what I say is take that with a grain of salt. And so understand that why would a card go up 87% in a week? Yeah. You have to ask yourself that. And so just be careful out there. And if you see a price that's too good to be true, it likely is. Yeah. And um, I know as a buyer, or what I do professionally for Just Collect, um, you know, I try to be accurate, but I have to be conservative. So if someone says to me, I'm making it up, well, this Hank Aaron rookie just sold for 7700 and all the other ones sell for 4800 and they want to sell it to me based on it's worth 7700 yeah. Even if it's really nice, chances are I'm going to say, listen, I wish you luck with the, the best of luck with your card. Um, but we just don't see eye to eye on what a card's worth. And so before I address Harry's question, that's a really um, great time to bring up, Lou, that when I talk to people on behalf of Just Collect and I'm trying to value, evaluate a collection, I always start off with what we think it's worth. Yeah. Because if we can't see eye to eye on what we actually believe that that card or that item is worth or that set, we're not going to be able to reach a deal likely. Right. Meaning having us buy it from you. But the haggling comes down to grading, doesn't it? Because you can, there are plenty of sources now, if you're talking with a person who's trying to sell you a card from a collection and you know anyone can list that this particular card from this year or this player is worth this much in, in this grade, it all comes down to, well, it, well, is that a two? Is it a four? Is it a six? We, what is it? Um, it does, but there's also um, the notion of eye appeal. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you do have to keep an eye out that not every two, not every seven is created equal. 
And so I do believe there's going to be a day, um, hopefully sooner rather than later, where AI, artificial intelligence, is going to start to, let's say, you know, discern, you know, there's, I'm making it up, 300 graded PSA 7s and 173 of them have traded hands over the last five years. Well, of those, 15% of them really are only at the high end of the level of that grade of 7 because they're well-centered, because they have really um, great gloss, because they have wonderful eye appeal as an overall. So, you know, not every graded card is equal. Um, and I tell folks that um, when we talk about value. So if someone's, you know, offering me a graded card collection and the cards are worth 10 bucks each, not as big of a deal. But if you're sending in some T206s with a Cobb and other Hall of Famers, I generally try to give them a range of what we would pay based on what we think they're worth. So that right. way, when I get them in hand, if I can see, oh my goodness, that's the best Ty Cobb 3 I've ever seen, we have the ability to pay them a little bit more for it and they understand why we're doing that. Is that something that the industry has to pick up or can we leave it the way it is? Because do we need a more sophisticated and a nuanced grading system? In other words, does it have to be an eye appeal rating as well that differentiates all the sixes and all the sevens from each other? Well, I'm never a big fan of uh, that you have to, but yeah. I just think that as more people are entering to it, I think that there was a commercial uh, years ago for, it was like the men's warehouse in Jersey. It was like, you know, your educated customer is your best customer. I really do believe that in cars, if that's the case. So if we can help people understand why a seven or why an eight brings a premium over another one, I believe they're going to feel more comfortable spending their own money in the future on another card graded seven or eight. That's just better for, you know, it's better for the business. Um, it's very subjective, isn't it? I mean, I appeal, especially two guys might look at the same card. Like for, if you're particularly sensitive about centering, you might not, lock, might not like a very vividly colored card, but if you're looking at the image and the quality of the image and all that, you might be able to put up with a little more of centering issues. It's, it's kind of subjective, isn't it? It is, but then at the same time, kind of like when you're looking at buying an automobile with all those different extra add-on features, yep. um, it all adds up to additional dollars that you have to spend out of your pocket. So my point is you could find a really nice 7 that's well-centered. Maybe it doesn't have the sharpest corners. Yep. You might be able to find a um, seven that has sharp corners, maybe not as centered well as you'd like. If you put all those together, I have no doubt because I've seen it happen in the marketplace. Folks are paying a premium for those cards, especially when there's multiple multiple attributes stacked on top of each other. Um, they're paying a real premium for those cards in the same grade um, from seven to seven or from eight to eight, you know, whatever the case is. Right. So um, quickly before we bring Chris on, Harry was asking, um, since the demand for graders is greater than the supply, does that open the door for new entrants? Um, great question, Harry, and I'm, I would imagine he's asking about new graders. Um, I do think that's the case, but I think that in order to win as a new grader, instead of just providing services under the same umbrella, the way that they're offered now, I believe you'd have to have AI involved, some artificial intelligence that would take some of the guesswork, some of the um, subjectiveness uh, up to that human, that particular human being that's looking at that card on that given day, so that way, um, it's a little bit more mainstream. If, if someone can figure out programmatically how to do that with software, that that is very exciting. Yeah. Uh, Jim says, uh, wish people could see comps for uh, versus for sale for value. I, how would you go about doing that? You post the card up, and then, uh, again, you could compare the card against that's just getting more data. But again, you can't take one card out of a data set and get a good idea of what the price is. Because again, someone's going to look at that card and say, I don't mind the rounded corners. Uh, it's really vivid. It's centered well. I'm going to take that. I want that for my collection. And they'll pay a little premium. That doesn't mean it's worth it for the next guy. Oh, uh, totally. And one of the places, or actually two of the places that come to mind is check out vintagecardprices.com and check out collectors.com. These are places, uh, you know, it's PSA sister company. These are places that you can get auction data for cards that have sold. And, you know, in many cases, they'll have the image. So you can compare one seven versus another uh, yep. versus another and really determine for yourself kind of what is the current market for, let's say, an average seven of that card an above average seven. And then maybe, quote, excuse me, quote, unquote, an ugly seven. All right. You want to bring Chris on? Absolutely. All right. Let's add Chris to the stream. Chris, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well. Can you can you guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. Excellent. Awesome. Can you hear me, Chris? Can you hear Luke? I can. Yeah. This is great. Great. So I know last week we started, but you know, rather than um, you know figure out what exactly the audience heard versus not, sure. I figured we'll kind of just start fresh. That sounds good. Awesome. So thanks again for joining us. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from and how you found us. Yeah, I um, am from Northwest. Uh, I'm actually from Southern Indiana. I live in Northwest Indiana right now with my wife. 
uh, and two boys, um, Valparaiso, Indiana, to be exact. Um, I commute uh, to Chicago, work in the uh, Chicago land air, downtown Chicago um, every day. Right now, I've been working from home because of the coronavirus, so that's been uh, nice. Um, huge Indiana fan, um, but just a general huge sports fan uh, my entire life, whether it's football, college football, um, NBA, uh, was into card collecting from a young age all the way through uh, my teenage years. Um, got back into it uh, after the uh, kind of around the time the Jordan documentary came out. Um, and then when I found you guys, it just uh, just opened up the floodgates of just um, like my basically rediscovering the, <laughs> the passion I had for cards. I remember um, I had like all the subscriptions to Beckett and just was so into it as a kid. So it's just been really uh, fun to get back into it. Uh, I'm going to, I'm trying to take it um, more seriously this time around, obviously with uh, trying to uh, um, also just kind of find a balance between it being a hobby, but then also trying to make a little bit of money uh, of with it as well. It's just um, I need to uh, um, figure, figure out that balance and like how grading takes, it takes, it takes a, a role into all of that as well, because that's new to me. Um, I found you guys, uh, I think I mentioned last week, I found you guys through Darren Ravel. Um, and then, uh, got into the set break for the Jordan. I uh, did not, I think I, I think I was like spot 58 or something like that. And it was so close with just like one entry. And so then uh, I'm trying to get it every time. It just <laughs> hasn't hit, hasn't hit yet. <laughs> well, you did win something big from us though. Tell us about what you won from uh, vintage breaks. Uh, yeah, the, the high roller spot. Is yes, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I won the high roller spot and, uh, which is a $750 credit to, uh, your just collect website that I've been uh, scouring ever since and just trying to find the right thing. Um, I, I have never been in the past, like a huge, um, or just haven't been a big collector of like super vintage old cards. Um, uh, however, um, there are a few that I, I find, I find interesting. So I'm trying to figure out like which one that I would, uh, would, would jump on. Um, I, I, as a kid, I was into, uh, like nineties basketball. So um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like late eighties basketball, maybe a little bit. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what I, uh, kind of, uh, I guess, uh, figure out what, what's the best way to use that credit. That's cool. Well, for those of you that are not quite sure, um, what, uh, he's talking about, um, Chris is referencing our just collect eBay store, which you can find us on eBay at just underscore collect where Chris won a $750 with the equivalent of a gift certificate. Um, and what's really fun, Chris, is I don't know, for example, if you went and looked today, but we added about a dozen cards. Oh, nice. So what's really nice is, you know, whatever is available, you have access to. Now, maybe you shouldn't wait until your kids get married to spend it. But I think the point is, is that if you want to kind of, you know, hold out, whether it be over the next few days, next few weeks, we don't add new stuff every day, but we yeah. try to add new stuff every week. And last night, we literally added everything from a 33 Gaudi Babe Ruth PSA 2.5, you know, wow. which is 6,500. Yeah, so it's a little pricey. To a 61 Tops, you know, Yankee team card and a PSA 4 for 30 bucks. Nice. So that's one of the nice things about um, shopping with Just Collect uh, on eBay is, you know, we're not just uh, a place to buy, you know, expensive, the Ruths, the Gehrigs, the Cobbs, which, hey, listen, we love that stuff. But, you know, we try to be cognizant of, um, you know, all the different collectors and the different price points and such. And so um, while we have you live on the show today, um, I was curious, have you narrowed down the search to one or two cards in particular that you're thinking about? And I'm kind of curious, are you taking the notion of, hey, 750 is your budget, or you might go bigger and try to apply that 750 credit, for example, against a card that's 900 bucks, sure. you know, or, or whatever the case is. So I was curious your thoughts. Yeah, so... Um... I definitely am considering applying it to something a little bit great. I just have to get approval from, from my wife. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I really like that uh, because I do like newer cards. Uh, so I like your, there's a, there's a Zion autograph that's I think on your site for uh, 2000. So I thought that would be a pretty cool card. Um, my dad actually um, graduated from Penn state. Um, and so there's a Joe Paterno that felt really tough. Uh, felt uh, I, I, I've okay. never even heard of it before. It's a really, but, really tough card. Uh, so I, I saw that. And I thought that would be kind of a cool thing to to get. Um, and then uh, also there's a, a little bit uh, cheaper Kobe Bryant uh, rookie card that you have on there that I was considering as well. Uh, so it, like I said, it's just um, a lot of different things that I can choose from. It's it's cool. It's just a matter of depending upon when I want to uh, jump on uh, something or I, I might hold off for a while and just kind of uh, just 
I don't know. It's nice to just have that and just keep looking and figure out. <laughs> Absolutely. So what I wanted to do, Chris, is bring up, um, and I thought this would be an interesting point to discuss with you, but with our audience listening both now live here on Layton's Loft, on Vintage Breaks, on our Just Collect Facebook page. I mean, we really are doing a very nice job. Um, you know, I commend Lou and J5 uh, and Chris Gilmore for our ability to stream across multiple platforms. But I think that you brought up something a lot of collectors are considering, Chris, which is, hey, I'm kind of losing my focus a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to make money, because who doesn't, sure. right? Um, and at the same time, I kind of just like collecting sometimes and not really giving an F about, you know, the value, just because I think it's a cool, you know, a cool card. Yeah. Um, and so this is my general advice, is take it slow. I actually like the fact that you don't want to pull the trigger on the 750 yet, because I'm telling you there's going to be new, some new cards, and I think that you should have a plan. And mm -hmm. so maybe the Zion is part of that plan, and maybe, you know, you talk to management, right, <clears throat> your wife, and, uh, you know, she's like, listen, I don't really love it, but what if you could take $500 from your collection, sell that, take the 750 and now you're only paying 750 I'm making it up, of course, yep. the numbers, but I do think that you want to try to figure out what you want to end up with. And I don't think there's a wrong answer, mm -hmm. but just don't get there by accident, because if you end up just shredding packs all day long, and you never purchase that said card that you like, and you go on an unlucky streak... You're gonna, you know, you might you might have some regret. Yeah. So I think that it's the same thing as I'm being very honest. My dad trained me as a young kid to be a quote unquote set collector. Oh my god, I found that boring as shit. I really did. Because it was like my dad instituting his rules on me as an 11 year old, and I was collecting cards for fun, man. I wasn't mm -hmm. doing it for money. Yeah. Now I do this as a living today but I also enjoy it thoroughly as I think it's fairly obvious. Oh yeah. So um, my point is with the 750, maybe you're going to buy, this is my advice, figure out what you want to do. So if you want to get something special and now's the time, well then maybe liquidate another card or two that you're not going to miss out of your own stash, sure. combine it with the 750 and minimize the impact on your bank account for that special purchase. I think chef mentioned, for example, Hey, what's up, Ryan? I think chef mentioned today, um, he bought a 51 Bowman Mantle rookie in a PSA one. So if I had to guess, it's about a $4,000 purchase. Wow. You know, without getting into chef's personal life and his bank account, you know, we've become pretty friendly over the last couple of years. Chef might just write a check and say, Hey, give me the mantle. Hey, what's up, Jim? Thanks for joining us. What's up, Justin? Um, what's up, Brian? Um, but he also might say, you know, I'm going to sell a few of my cards to take the sting away from writing that check for four grand. And I don't think either one is wrong. But this is my point. This is where I want to caution you. Try to do it ahead of time. Because what happens is you're going to get offered a card or a few cards that you're like, oh, my goodness, I wish I had 5500 today. And the only way you can get 5500 today is to sell $8,000 of cards. Mm -hmm. But if you sell $5,500 of cards when it doesn't matter to you and you hold on to those cards, that to me is how I would go about it. Okay. If it makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's great advice. I uh don't want to like put the cart before the horse. I want to be able to like uh, have have a plan, like you said. Um, do you mind? I I, I just have have a question. No, I don't it. mind at all. So, um, so I'm doing this for fun. Just so you know, no one's paying me. There's no sponsors here. <laughs> off. Um, I'm doing this purely for my love of the hobby. Um, and really, and 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 business and entrepreneurism. Um, and uh, just an outlet. So please, yeah. whatever you got, so, uh, ask so, away. Yeah. So um. I've got a lot of cards from the nineties, uh, none are graded. And then also I've won quite a few or not won, but like I've opened and hit a number of cards and, and breaks on vintage breaks. Um, a couple of Zions, um, uh, Jason Dominguez auto. And like with the turnaround time with grading, like I just am having a hard time, like justifying, do I wait? Wow. Great do question. I, that's, yeah. that's why I'm saying, wow. So not only are you not alone as a collector, you're not alone as a, I'm talking to you now as a dealer. Yeah. So, and and I listen, I'm not trying to talk down upon any of the grading services. That doesn't behoove me to do that, mm -hmm. right? They could play this back and say, oh, Leighton, look at his, uh, you know, and, and, you know, give me worse grades. Do I think they're doing that? No, by the way. But, but my point is this, um, you're asking a great question and I'm glad that you asked it live on the show. So basically what Chris is asking in a nutshell is because all of the grading companies, PSA, Beckett, and SGC are really, really backed up. And you have a card to get graded. What do you do? How do you manage your collection? Or for those of you that like to make a few extra bucks or even further, 
do this for a living like myself, what am I doing as the owner of Just Collect? Um, and to be fair, as the owner of Vintage Breaks, it's been difficult. We've actually cut off, for example, sending any additional cards for the moment, really just until we get word, whether it be formally or informally, meaning we just hear of a lot of people getting their cards back from companies. We're telling people basically one of two things right now, um, uh, Chris. Uh, one, graze your cards on expedited service. So it may mean, for example, let's use Jason Dominguez. Mm -hmm. Your autograph rookie that you got, get that graded on expedited service. But your base rookie, for example, that we just pulled for Todd, that you may want to get graded, I would grade it on bulk. I'm going to look at it one of two ways. Grade it, send it in, and forget about it, or don't bother, accumulate a nice batch. Maybe you'll save a few bucks um, by sending in 100 or more at once, um, but just basically forget about it. Okay. And that, even though it may be painful for folks to hear, because, of course, there's cards in that in-between, you know, hey, my card's worth 300 bucks. I can't pay $50 to have it graded, you know, expedited. I hear you. Right now, because there's a huge demand for their service and there's not enough supply, I know it's weird because you can't buy and sell grading services, but you can think about it like demand. There's too much demand. There's not enough supply of the service. And so nothing that I can say on today's show from Leighton's Loft is going to change that, Chris and gang. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I would just look at it practically. I would literally have two stacks, cards I'm willing to pay a premium to get graded, even though I know it's freaking annoying. But I'm going to do it because I want to have, I'm making it up. I want to have my Dominguez auto ready to go in a 10 in case he gets called up by a miracle in a year or two, whatever the case is, right? Um, because in some cases, and I know it's going to sound crazy, you might grade a card right now in bulk. It could take four to eight to 10 months, depending on which company that you use. So you do need to forecast that out. Nice. Now that's that's good. I'm so new to grading. How long does like an expedited grade? Is that is that a quicker turnaround? Like yeah. So months? expedited, you could do as quick as a day. Oh wow. You know, or two days, but you pay a lot more for that right, mm -hmm. and they're also not guaranteeing it. So let's just say, for example, you pay for a two day service. Like I just paid to get our shoeless Joe Jackson graded that we bought from um, the recent West Virginia collection. You can read the full story on our blog at justcollect.com/blog. I paid for, I think, one or two day service and it took them five days. And I'm not saying this like I'm mad or screaming or I'm throwing, you know, burning crosses. I'm just saying that this is just the facts. So if at least if you pay for an expedited service as a collector, then, um, uh, you know, you have a chance to get it back a lot faster. But I do want to bring up Jim, uh, our good buddy Jim Chudis brought up. He said, you know, if you're not selling the card right now or in the near future, you don't actually need to grade it. So I like what Jim's bringing up. Yeah. Uh, by the way, five times is kind of funny because I guess there's some snafu with the chat. Um, but I do like that thought is that it's not going bad. It's just that it's not as liquid when it's not graded. But if it's for you, really, what's the difference? That's true. So that was a really good point, Jim. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Um, anything else on your mind today, Chris? Uh, no, I, I guess um, – let me think if there's anything else. I, I don't – I uh, had uh, – just thought I'd bring this up. I uh, got a shipment from you guys. I, I had won a, a 78 tops basketball pack in a, in a giveaway. And I, I think I pulled a Dennis Johnson. Uh, oh, rookie. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was pretty excited about that. I uh, was going through and I didn't know which ones were like the hits or not, but it looks like pretty yes. centered as well. So I'm, I'm, uh, you should get that graded. Yeah. So do um, me a favor. If you could take a photo of that and mm -hmm. post that to our vintage breaks, buy, sell trade group on Facebook. Okay. Cause that's what a lot of folks do. Um, on our Vintage Breaks Buy, Sell, Trade Facebook page. It's not all about, hey, I'm selling this. It's about cool experiences. Or, yeah, I was at lunch and I was bored and I got this freebie and Don Mancini the other day opened up an 84 football pack. Sure. And he got a Marino rookie. Um, and it's also kind of fun when you do that. I'll let you know if I see the post what I think it would grade. Yeah. You know, and others will weigh in on it as well. Um, but in 78 basketball, you're also looking for a Bernard King rookie. So him okay. and I think DJ and Jack Sigma were the big rookies in 78 basketball. Okay, nice. Nice, nice. So thanks for joining us today, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Thanks um, for having me on. This was really fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. And you asked some great questions. So thank you uh, yep. very much. And keep in touch on what you're thinking about, uh, how you're going to spend your credit with Just Collect. Uh, I'd be happy to talk to you on the phone, you know, if you want to talk through the strategy of the couple of cards you're talking about. Awesome. And thanks congratulations. Man. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been uh, it's been great uh, being on. And uh I'll see you guys in the in the chat. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. All right, take care.
All right, excellent. He's he's got a lot of a lot of money on his hands and a lot of options on how to do it. Doesn't you know? It's nice to I, I, you are absolutely right. The fact that he's taken a step back and kind of looking things over and kind of holding his hand a little bit. I like that. That's smart. Yeah. No, I think it was uh, it was very well put by him um, that uh, you know he's not exactly sure. Doesn't feel rushed. Um, and I thought he asked some really great questions. Um, Harry's bringing up, which I think is really interesting going on in the hobby too right now, with everything being as hot as it is. So, for example, like a 1990 Lee Frank Thomas rookie back last year, you could have bought a 10 for 100 bucks. Now it costs 350. Harry's point is, hey, nothing wrong with buying an eight or nine of that card. Still the same card. Maybe it's not perfect, but it's much more affordable than spending 350 in a gem mint. And what I've seen, because Harry, I've been buying a lot of that stuff myself for both just collecting myself personally for investment. Um, it's kind of one of those where rising tides, uh, you know, lift all ships, lift yep. all boats. And I definitely see that happening in the marketplace, Harry. Very good point. Cody is asking, is the express service going one day express mail both ways too? Say that one more time. Does that include postage? Oh, sure. So it's a little bit difficult for me to say because when I ship stuff out to PSA, I do everything under our umbrella insurance policy with the collectibles insurance agency. So I'm actually not paying um, return shipping costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, or shipping costs going out, I get them billed through FedEx. So I don't actually see the direct costs. But I know that if you're doing it through PSA and you're choosing their services, it's a little bit different. I don't know that much about that, Cody. Um, but generally, I do everything two-day FedEx. So if I ship out stuff to P uh, PSA, I either ship it out overnight or FedEx two-day. And if I have stuff coming back from them, um, I request it either overnight or FedEx two-day. So how, going back to the subject of the paucity of... Um of graders, reasonable graders, I guess the answer is just to sit some, hire some people who have some interest in doing it and sit them next to the regular graders and just bring them along. Right. Oh, even more so look at it like a class. I'm serious. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, talk to some of your, your senior graders, ask them if they'd like to earn some extra money, put together a curriculum and teach a class <laughs> and then have an entry level class, have an intermediate class and have an advanced class. I mean, we're not talking rock, rocket science here, Lua. Don't be wrong. Yeah. I'd love if people thought I was a rocket scientist. <laughs> I'm most certainly far from it. Um, but I know a lot about baseball cards. Yeah. Um, and so is there, in uh, publishing, there are guidebooks on how these things are done. Is there a guidebook for grading? Because uh, is there a Bible? Is there a certain... Um, very, very, very good question, Lou. So yeah. each company in particular, PSA, SGC, and Beckett, has the list of established guidelines for each grade how they grade. Understand though, it's filled with a lot of words. So when you look at a card, <laughs> yeah. the words aren't written on the card. You have to take the words and the information and apply it. So there is a little bit of, you know, you have to take it, study it, understand it, and how to apply it to the cards. And so think about it. You can give tests. You can give people uh, cards that were actually graded by PSA, cover up the, the grade of the card. Sure. And, you know, all of a sudden there's your test. Yep. Um, so I, I do think that there's things that they could do, uh, you know, if they decide to go down that route, um, you know, of, of, of trying to have some sort of curriculum or vocational school or, or educational program for, for graders. And is it is there any discretion at all? I'm, in other words, with the same imperfection, whatever it may be, would you would you think that most graders would be very close in the same range with that imperfection? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially with the list of parameters. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing's perfect. You know, until they go to artificial intelligence, uh, you know, nothing's perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that these are all, you know, really interesting things to talk about on the show. And this was the whole point of the loft, Lou, is, you know, it's funny. I had a bunch of things to kind of talk about on the show today. And yet we only got to a couple of them because you never know, you know, what direction you're going to be taken in. Welcome to broadcasting. Yeah, yeah exactly. So before <laughs> I forget, today's show is sponsored by Just Collect by Vintage Breaks and our friends at StockX. Um, so check us all out on the web. Um, and what I wanted to do, uh, I have it pulled up right here on Google Chrome, is briefly mention this incredible uh, new collection that we just bought from West Virginia, um, featuring a Shoeless Joe Jackson that is ungraded, or is about to be graded by PSA. Um, you can check this out on our blog at justcollect.com slash blog. But uh, Scott did a wonderful job of describing not just the collection itself, but the process. And we really try to take people kind of behind the curtain as to how it worked. And there really was an incredible amount of work that we had to do um, 
to get this collection, meaning before the gentleman even came down to our office. Yeah. Um, you know, we looked at dozens of images, we looked up evaluations, and what's really cool, Lou, if you scroll down here, right here, this is the first image we got. And so when it was sent over, I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, yeah. there's a shoeless Joe Jackson that was not known since 1909 that we just uncovered 111 years later in someone's attic in West Virginia. And my company, Just Collect, had the good fortune of you know hooking up with a family that uh, was able to discover it and work out a fair deal for both parties. I mean, Lou, this is you know this is what we do. We're treasure hunters. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Forgive me if I missed it in your intro there, but how how knowledgeable is this family? How much do they know about what they had? In other words, you know, did anyone there go wow when the shoeless Joe Jackson? Oh, so out on I don't know if they knew exact values, but they had a good idea that they found something special. And that's actually how they found our company, Just Collect. They but they found, knew what a T206 T card was, for example. Yes. Yeah. Um, they do, or, or they did. And so another thing I think that allows Just Collect to, quote unquote, score and close deals like this is we don't try to lowball people. Right. You know, we have a process where, once again, taking it from the top. I try to establish value. If we're on the same page, we can then talk about if you'd like to sell, you know, what we can offer for the collection. Um, and so because we were able to have so many images, um, the stuff was generally in lower grade condition just because of how it was stored um, and, you know, uh, you know, a number of other surrounding factors. That being said, it's only the second Shoeless Joe Jackson card I've ever handled for Just Collect. <laughs> yeah. I've handled some great stuff. Um, it's just, it's a really, really tough card to find that I'm generally not able to buy ever when I, I'm not able to buy it ever when I do find it. Right. Because if it's worth 15 grand, someone wants 18 grand because they just know they can't find it that easily. Um, so, so how do you decide whether you're going to sell the card individually, like the Shoeless Joe Jackson card? It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful question. It's a wonderful question, Lou. And as I broadcast from my lovely home here in Maplewood, New Jersey, <laughs> the answer lies downstairs, somewhere between Julie and my lovely son Crosby. I like living here. Yeah. I like having a family. <laughs> so if I kept every fucking card that I wanted to, Lou, I would absolutely have a great collection. I'd probably be living in the streets. Oh, no, I meant more along the terms of <laughs> is there ever a decision to sell the Shoeless Joe card separately or sell this group together as a group? Oh, sorry. Okay. Always okay. broken up, right? Bomb for no reason. That was yeah. terrible. No, I know um, how you sell this stuff. Yeah. So um, uh, we're going to separate the collection. Yeah. And the reason why we're going to separate the collection, I just want to make sure everyone understands, is because not only is it the best way to get the most for your money as a seller, um, but someone who is looking to buy the Joe Jackson might look at it as an inconvenience that I want to sell them all the cards at once. Yeah. So you know, you're really just trying to find, um, you know, and because the collection is only a few hundred cards, uh, it's not going to be particularly hard to find homes for all of the cards. Um, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's much more fun to break up because we're able to give away, you know, cards on our show. Um, and I don't want to run out of time, Lou. So please, I'm not sure the best way to give it out today, but I'd like to give away a $50 break credit to vintagebreaks.com. And I'm not sure if we should do that for, you know, for example, maybe the, the funniest comment, which generally would come from chef or the most, the most insightful comment, which would maybe have come from Chris Klobuski today, but yet he already has seven fifty to spend. So yeah. we're trying to figure out. The best way to do that with only a few minutes left. So um, if we could figure out uh, together how to do that, that'd be great. Um, but in a nutshell, Lou, uh, we're real proud of this collection and others like it, which you can find on our blog. Um, because these folks could have called literally one of, I don't know, dozens, if not hundreds of quote unquote baseball card resellers. Right. I'm not really sure you know, what the terminology is, um, but they found us. We gave them great, accurate information. They were patient with COVID. We had to be patient as well. And uh, we are able to work out a deal for literally a 111-year-old collection that hasn't seen the light of day uh, from West Virginia in the hobby world. Uh, and so we're real proud to show that off. That's part of the thrill of the hobby world is that you never know, right? You never know when one of these things is going to pop up. Yep. Uh, so, Lou, before we run out of time, how do you think we should give away uh, 50 bucks break credit to vintagebreaks.com today. Oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, there's so many. We have all of our great friends here who have joined us. 
it's tough. Chef went after me a little earlier in the show, and I'm not sure quite why. So, <laughs> so we're gonna just dis we're gonna disqualify him for the time being. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Lou, you look great. Everyone's trying to compliment me now because. Uh, oh, of course. Hey, Lou, you look wonderful. Young as ever. Todd <laughs> got the prize earlier in the show. Um, so I don't have a random way to give it out uh, no. on on the show, but I was thinking, unless someone has a, a vehement, you know, feeling against this, is I see Cody Cheek. He's got a couple babies. He's saying he's yeah. trying to, I think, feed or bathe or maybe both while watching. Yep. And so I just figured, listen, Crosby's five. We only have one and we have a dog and we struggle. I, I honestly can't imagine, you know, my wife works, I work. Um, I can't imagine doing that and watching our show. So unless we think of the community, that's a bad choice. I'd like to go with Cody. Cody watches us on his postal route, I believe. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. If I don't have my people confused. Cody's watching. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all behind. Uh, I'm all behind Cody. Great. So James, that's a copy of the Constitution behind me. So, as we're finishing up the show for today, one of the things that I'd like to try to bring over from the Vintage Break show that we figured out is that interaction is love, and love is the key. Yeah. So I'm thinking about maybe getting someone from the office if I can somehow persuade, like Dougie, or get one of the folks from behind the uh, from, from the office to be behind the glass. Yep. Over a couple of our Layton's Loft shows, so that maybe similar to our past Vintage Breaks PSA shows, we can keep track of comments and interaction and reward people for being part of the community and then do something at the end where maybe we'll give away a few prizes in that random fashion. Yeah, with the more participation here with you on this show, I can't keep track of the comments as much as I could in the past. Sorry if I haven't responded to all you guys. Dougie helped us out last week, and I was kind of politicking for him to come in this week. And yeah, I think, I think we're going to have to uh, have management have a decision about this uh, very yeah. soon. Yeah, so maybe we can staff it out, and you know, Doug would be a great addition to the show and help us wrangle the comments and give us a way to give away some of these prizes. Absolutely, and just while we have another minute or two left, um, folks, each and every time we go live from Layton's Loft, uh, we're going to talk about you know everything from life to hobby issues to baseball and everything in between. Um, we're going to have some fun giveaways, but then you can count on each and every time at the end of the loft, they'll be going live from Vintage Breaks North, our main office, um, at 5.30 Eastern time following the loft. So you could tune in for the next several hours as they continue to catch up on breaks that have sold out the last few weeks. And if you'd like to have a chance to win this 1985 Topps Warren Moon Rookie graded PSA 9. All you have to do is like Layton's uh, Loft Facebook page, and next week we'll take that list of folks who've liked our Layton's Loft Facebook page. Yep. We'll randomize the list, and one person will win the Warren Moon PSA 9 Rookie. And we're hoping, I just talked to Moon's people today, we're hoping to be working on something with Moon to put together... We're basically going to call it Moments with Moon, mm -hmm. and we're going to try to do one appearance over the next few months. On and here or on your one of your regular streams? Because you know oh, I'm going to politic to get it on here. Oh, well, absolutely. I would love to do that. You know, yeah. it's a life's a negotiation, Lou. Yeah, I know, I know. You're finger fluid right now. So I'm right. actually glad that we have a Layton's Loft, you know, disciple sticking up and speaking up so that I can now, like, yep. when I'm speaking to the, to the right people, try to work out the, the appropriate package. Do we uh, want to tease the other thing we talked about before the show? And which was that, Lou? Uh, our young, uh, our young baseball player. Oh, uh, absolutely. So okay. uh, I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, this is uh, to show you we ran out of time. So we're considering here at Vintage Breaks not only opening up packs with, you know, established former uh, players, um, you know, that were all stars, Hall of Famers like Warren Moon and Dale Murphy. Um, we're thinking about entering into. The young kids, the, the rookies, some of the kids that maybe never even made the majors yet. Yep. So one of the folks that Lou and I were talking about pre-show today is Dylan Carlson. He's the St. Louis Cardinals' top prospect in their organization. Lou's going to tell you a little bit about him. But we're thinking about opening up some modern, you know, like, for example, if you can get his rookie out of 2016 Bowman, which I think you could, we're thinking about doing something like that where he can also talk about what it's like to be in the minor leagues. Um, I thought that would be interesting to hear about. And then, you know, is he hoping to make it, you know, this year with a shortened season? So I just thought it'd be kind of cool, Lou, but give us your 30 seconds on Dylan Carlson because he looked nope. like a really good kid. 
Dylan Carlson is a kid I love. Very good contact skills. He's got some power. It's going to be a matter for him how big he is, how well the power develops. And he's uh, he's not a huge guy. Doesn't have a ton of raw power. It was when I wrote about him last year. He was a 60 on the scouting scale, down to a 55. He's uh, how big? 6'3", 205. So he should be able to develop some power, especially as he matures. He's just 21. And what happens when we get him with Major League Baseball, should it come back this year? And again, there was some movement today that seems really positive, at least to me. But you know how these negotiations go. It could go either way. With, there's going to be expanded rosters for these games. They has to be with the with the overhanging COVID and short seasons, and they're going to need extra pitchers. Dylan Carlson could be a factor this year. You may be able to get a chance to talk to him as he breaks into the majors, which would be great to talk to a young prospect at that point in his career. Oh, I think it'll be great. I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. I know we've run a minute or two over, but you know it's hard for me to see uh, you know all the different uh, you know all the different comments. And I do appreciate Stan Orr. He's been a part of our community yeah. uh, for Vintage Breaks for quite some time. Um, and I understand, uh, and I'm going to talk about his point in a minute, uh, about the cussing, if you will. <laughs> um, and so realize I have a five-year-old. I am very much for kids. I am pro-kids. Uh, we generally send out between one and several care packages a week from Vintage Breaks and Just Collect to friends and family. Um, and so uh, I just want to you know, speak from the heart, from up here as well, from the mind, that this show, Layton's Loft, is really about my ability to talk to being very candid, 18 year olds and above. Yeah. Um, and I continue or will continue to run vintage breaks as a family friendly platform. One of the things that we've, I wouldn't say struggled with, but have discussed was the notion that we are very well aware that we're rolling out Layton's loft and we're dual streaming on vintage breaks, Facebook page, vintage breaks, YouTube. So you're kind of having a few curse words or cuss words, if you will, that you're maybe not accustomed to. Right. So what, what we're planning to do at the beginning of each and every one of Layton's Loft shows is put in one of those, maybe it was on like the Beastie Boys album back in the day, like possible explicit language. Yeah. And yes, for possibly 60 minutes a week, there isn't, you know, a possibility that we, we may just speak freely here. And for me, I could speak probably for Lou, um, you know, and some others. We just want to be able to let loose. And it's a, we don't want Yeah, it's a guy's hang and, and yeah. And stands right in the aspect that we need to be able to make people aware of that and, and let people make a choice on it. And it's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's an after hours, all access kind of guys hang thing where hopefully we're going to have a lot of participation like we had in the, in the, on the PSA show and people will talk to us and we can take on a bunch of different subjects and, you know, hang and talk about the hobby. Absolutely. Um, very cool. We'll close with this. Dougie just said, Dylan Carlson is the number 17 yep. prospect. In all of Major League Baseball, I'll be honest, I kind of feel a little bit, uh, you know, I should have known better when they were talking to me. You know, Dylan Carlson is, look, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's the 17th rated prospect in all of baseball. To be fair, I'm not an agent for a living, so it's not my job. Yeah. But I thought it was cool. He's just limited by his power potential. Of course, baseball in 2019 and 2020 is three true outcomes, homer strikeouts and walks. And so his prospect rating is kind of limited by whatever his power potential is he's not a you know he's not a Dominguez type of guy where there's a, a huge power potential but he could develop he's still young put on a couple pounds do some training you know he could hit you know if he can get to the 30 home run range he becomes a very good prospect at that. yeah and what did we say pre-show the Cardinals are like the Patriots yeah they're just a really well-run organization and they get the most they can out of players if ever was if there ever was a kid who was a Cardinal it's Dylan Carlson he's exactly that type of player Yep, yep. Well, listen, thanks to, uh, to each and every one of you for joining Layton's Loft today. Stay tuned if you'd like to watch uh, some breaks for the next several hours. Um, oh, by Jay the way, I want to remind everybody, if you are already like the Layton's Loft page, you are entered for the Warren Moon drawing. Yeah, we're giving it away next week. If you're watching on YouTube or something and you haven't liked the page yet, head on over and put a like in. We're going to be picking uh, from our likes to give away that Warren Moon card next week. Absolutely. Stay tuned, everybody. Thanks for joining us here from the loft.